Robert took us through the reality that God is doing something new in the earth. And he made clear to us what is God actually after when he actually does something new. There are two phrases in my mind before I tell you the story that are very important that we need to highlight and think of more seriously. We have spoken about them in the past, you know, but now they are more seriously being activated so you don't want to find yourself being left in something though you know it. It's very, very, sometimes it happens. You know something, but you don't actually get to it. Amen. So, one of the phrases I have before I tell you the story is that a church is actually moving, and this phrase is filled in our whole teaching, from being very Sunday-centric to being your circle of life-centric. I'm trying to use these phrases and us getting used to them. Church, ever since I've gone to church, the high point of church has been Sunday. Who, who says that's not true? The high point of being a believer, Sunday morning. Right? Sunday morning is like that place. You want to actually, you want everything right. That's where the energy goes. I mean, I come from a Pentecostal background. I know this. I know that you could do intercession, everything. You want the thing to be on point. Amen. So church is moving from that centricness where energy is all devoted to this meeting on Sunday to the energy being devoted to the circle of your life. So I want, us, I want us to think of that. You can write it down if you want. That church is moving, is moving. Literally, the high point of life is no longer Sunday morning. I'm not saying we shouldn't have Sunday morning. Don't accuse me that I said that. The high point, the highest point in life is going to be the circle of your life. So when the word of the Lord comes, it's not talking to Sunday realities, though it does. It's talking to the circle of your life. So that's the first part. Church mostly has been very gift-centric. Those who've been around know what I mean. Centralities of the church was how gifted the preacher was, how gifted was that gospel singer, how gifted... Am I talking to people that have been in the church for a while? That that preacher was powerful, you know. That's, 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 that's church talk. That, that, you know, it was very gift-oriented. We're all gathering around a gift, you know. That's been church. And, that, that, and though the gift gave us experience. It changed our lives. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying, again, those gifts won't do what they need to do. The gifts, God is still going to continue giving us gifts. So it's been very gift-centric. We all mobilize around a gift. If a, a particular speaker comes, we all go there, right? But church is moving from there. Not that God is killing the gifts. Please do not say what I didn't say. Centric is the, is the operative word here. Moving from that centricness to being your human life centric. Meaning God is lending more and more using human life realities. Meaning if you were looking for God, I'm not saying you're not, not going to find him through a gift. But if you're looking for him, you'll find him in the tension you have with your children. You'll find him there. He's parking there. He's waiting for you there. So it's moving from there. So so, so, so the talk in future of church is not how powerful was the speaker. The future of church was how powerful that, that thing impacted my family or how powerful the experience impacted my friendships. That's going to be the conversation in future. 
Do we understand this? Two things. Let's start off again. The first one is churches moving from being church-centric, Sunday morning-centric, to being your circle of life-centric. That means God is lending. Yes, you know, God usually he came on Sunday. That's what we used to say, right? If God showed up on Sunday. He was there. Come on, Pentecostal people. Don't, 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 don't. You know, you know this. Some of you came back to church, you were wearing a black trousers. It comes back brown because you were going to church in a school and the school was not wiped right and you were down, the spirit filled you, you were in tongues, rolling down, praising God. We know this. And you come out of that, you say, the Lord was moving. <laughs> that's, that's us. We know this. And, and it became the talk of the week. It became what you shared with the next believer you met. That was the conversation, how the Spirit of God filled me, how God impacted me, how God convicted me in that meeting. So God is moving from being that centric. Not that he's not going to do those things. Again, please do not quote me wrong. God is still going to mess with you, roll you down, do all those kind of things, fill you with the Spirit. He's still going to do that. But it's going to be the circle of life-centric. The conversations will be filled with how God showed up in my womanhood, in my manhood, how God made me deal with issues of life differently. Amen. So when we declare kingdom humanity, we're literally beginning to point people to that place. Amen. That God, the big conversation in the, in the body of Christ is going to be how the Lord has shown up in my life and in the details of your life. When I say details of your life, I mean the realities of your Monday. That's the conversation that's going to be the testimony of believers. Over and above the giftedness and all that. Amen? So, he, here's a little story. Happened this week. There are too many stories, but I'm going to pick one. Happened this week. So, so, you guys know that we moved into a new location around March last year, right? We were living at my mom's place, like I said. We said in the MDF, we've moved many times. Somehow we found a house, our section. We moved in there in March last year. When you move into a new place, you observe things. Eh? Remember, guys, I told you about my neighbor I used to drink and play music? He stopped drinking on the 31st of December. He hasn't drank since that time. It has nothing to do with me. It's just a neighbor. Don't know. Talk, talk to God. He's the one doing things. So we moved in there. You find a new place, you know, you're a stranger. And because of the nature of our lives, you move in and out, right? Come in in the morning, leave in the afternoon. Oh, come in in the, you leave in the morning, <laughs> come back in the afternoon. That's the life. I mean, everybody has a place they live in and they know their routines. And sometimes you don't see the people that you live around. So part of living in a place was how do you get to a place where you actually exist in a space? You exist there. It's very important. You actually live there. Not, not sleep there. There's a difference. Can we, can we talk about that? You don't sleep there. You live there. Meaning, you are part of the vibe in there. You are part of the life that roams around in there. People know your name. You know their names. Or at least, you know their faces. You know? My wife usually says, why don't you greet people back? I'm like, I don't know this person. Says, don't greet them anyway. I'm getting there, greeting everybody. But the idea is you live there. So we live there. But we began to realize God's movement differently near the end of the year. 
where I felt like we need to be more present. Yes, we've been doing the garden, we've been giving them veggies, and they came and took all my chilies when we said, just take a few, it's okay. You know, it happens, but it was part of present. But something unique happened now. A young man actually said he wanted to do a street market. But I said to him, okay, if you want a street market, let's first clean the street. So you're going to have to mobilize everybody to come and clean the street. Well, me, I mobilized my preaching soldiers. So I phoned the Duma brothers, except the married one. Say, soldiers, we have some preaching to do this side. Let's do it. I don't know how many boys live there, but it's a predominantly male-dominated space. Every young man, maybe few, were not there. Cleaning the street. Cleaning it for real. Opening drains. I mean, I was in awe. And when they kept saying it, this is a lot of God here. The idea that I want to share with you is that there is an idea where you come into a place and not be there and not have presence and not actually rule the place. The idea was after that worship we did in that low shedding night outside, we're like, we're going to rule this place. This is our place now. They've heard us sing praises. They've heard us pray. It's time we just show up. So what I'm going to go through with you now, I'm giving an example of that. Not because it's, it's uniquely me. I was just... Helping, remember, I was helping a boy who wants to do a market. And we're doing a market next week. If you like, you can show up, you know, and buy a few things. But the idea is to be present. That's what I want to talk about today. The idea is that you need to be present in the place you live in. Present. Present. Like I said, the place you live in, you don't sleep there. It's not a place where you sleep. And most professionals are guilty of that. You come in in the evening and sleep, go out to buy bread. They only know that you, they know your routine according to, they, you've never gotten out of your way to actually be present in your space. This could be even you in a school, there is a child, you are part of the governing body, but you're only there, you've never been present. You just do it because I have to do it. So my question is, how have you actually been present in the spaces that you actually are part of already? How have you shown up? Amen? So I'm giving you that story so that when we do the kingdom humanity teaching and citizenship, the question is not the understanding of the English. It is you beginning to imagine what citizenship means for you. Amen? What citizenship means for you. Means what it, essentially what it means to be present. Be a citizen. Be present. What does it mean for you? Have you actually, actually even ever trusted God for that presence? Prayed to God for that presence? Amen. Amen. But we're going to first rehearse the important stuff. Amen. We're going to first go back to what is kingdom humanity. <laughs> so we need to rehearse these things. This, they must stop being something that Robert teaches, being something that is mine. So this is my slide. It's not Robert's. It's mine. It's my slide. <laughs> these things need to be yours. The language needs to be yours. So repeating it and you saying it, not, not someone else saying it, not me saying it, you beginning to use the phrases adorn, kingdom humanity. You know? The humanity of Christ. You know, when you got saved, I'm sure you're not using words like Christ, like I'm saved, like I'm born again. It was new language you were given because you actually had that experience. Amen? So part of what we have to do is to 
adopt, appreciate, welcome the new language that describes what God is doing among us. So it must not be somebody's language. It must be your language. Like you begin to learn about sanctification, faith, righteousness. I didn't know those things when I wasn't saved. I wasn't even, what, what are the people talking about? So language is very important that you, you get used to the language of what you're actually experiencing. It helps you capture it. It helps you understand it better. So, so kingdom humanity is a prophetic conviction that God is adorning the church with the humanity of Christ. When we say the church, not just us, everyone. Everyone who professes Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior is actually being pursued by God to have this experience. To be adorned, to be clothed, to be made beautiful with the humanity of Christ. So we must get used to using this word, adorn. Adorn, being made beautiful. I don't know what beauty, you know, people have a different way of describing beauty. What, how do you describe it? How do you describe beauty? That's what God is doing into the body. He's making the body beautiful, you know? He's making the body beautiful. He's adorning us, and our beauty is being done by the humanity of Christ. You know, I've been trying to think of a Zulu phrase, almost like, Ubuntu Buga Christo. I've been trying to think, when I live in a township, I can't be just saying humanity of Christ. I must find some phrases. So, humanity of Christ. So, we must get used to this idea or this reality that we are being clothed, we are being, this is the humanity of Christ. We are not just being adorned with an idea of what beauty is out there. There are many things that are beauty, culture, beauty, whatever, but our beauty is this, the humanity of Christ. Let's repeat another one. The scriptures. So I remember the guy used to teach me in, in university. He used to make me memorize scriptures. So it would be a beautiful thing to memorize this scripture. Revelation chapter 2 is the first scripture we use that this, this conviction is hanging on. Revelation 21 verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, there's that word again, adorned for a husband. Amen. You don't have to actually, Robert does well to give us the root phrase, but I want to stay your imagination today. You know, stay your imagination, begin to understand that this is, this adorning, this adorning going on has to do with proper order, arrangement, decoration, beautifying. I mean, you know this when you are doing things in your house. Doing arrangement, making the house suit a purpose. You are usually used to that. I said, no, this chair shouldn't be here. I know maybe husband and wife, some argue, no, it, it's fine here. No, it's not right here. People are walking here, so you can't put it here. The idea is purpose. So purpose is the one that determines the arrangement. So we're dealing with God because of his purpose, is beginning to arrange us in a certain way. And the one who's able to fulfill God's purpose is Christ. So arrangement is Christ-likeness. So again, you want these phrases to stir your imagination. Stir your imagination. Make you think, what is order? What is my sense of order? Where do I get it from? My sense of how things should be. Where does it originate? How I talk. You know, that's very important. 
how I carry myself, you know. There are people who are so good manners, but they are so disrespectful. It's a very funny thing. Have you ever noticed that they are well-mannered, but very disrespectful? If you've ever met a, an Englishman, you'll know what I'm talking about. Very well-mannered, but can be equally, in that manners, disrespectful. That's an arrangement of life. You know, you may think they are a nice person. <laughs> but so, what arranges the way we relate with people? What has arranged it? You know. There's this idea in the township where we don't have a sense of right now. Then it just not be a, We don't call people with respectful prefix anymore. Like, or you will say, you know, kids that grow now don't do that. There's something that is arranging the way they relate. I don't know what it is, but there's something going on there that is making them not relate to adults the way we were maybe taught to do it. Something is doing it. So arrangement. Again, let's look. The second scripture that we need to memorize. We're going to have a competition one day, maybe at CKH. I'll put a price. If you know the scriptures off by heart, you might get something nice. Ephesians uh, 4, from 22 to 24. You were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off the old self. I think the emphasis that we usually go for is that word self, where we normalize in that phrase humanity. Ubuntu. Human, like normalizing that, that the word of God does talk about humanity. It does. It's not some fancy academic word. The word of God talks about humanity, your humanity. So there's an old humanity which is being corrupted by deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put off, or to put on the new self or the new humanity, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we need to know these scriptures. Again, the emphasis of this scripture is that word. Humanity. Ubuntu. Humanity. We need to normalize this language. Not Ubuntu, the African Ubuntu. Let's be very clear on that. You know, once you say Ubuntu, people get activated. Ubuntu. Opens up. Another world opens up. I tell you, say that. Boom. You need to be very clear. I'm talking about the humanity of Christ, not the African Ubuntu. God, this is reality. You're going to meet people who are going to think you are talking about another thing. So you need to be very clear. No, I'm not talking about the African Ubuntu that is actually eroding. I'm talking about the humanity of Christ. Ubuntu Bua Christ, that's what I'm talking about. So we need to be very, we need to confidently use this phrase, humanity. I think Keegan has named his company Humanity Group. You can do that. Humanity Group. Normalize it. Normalize it so that it can be useful. Another scripture that Robert doesn't sometimes show us is 1 John 4, that the word became flesh. That's what actually kingdom humanity or the humanity of Christ is. The word became flesh. Meaning we want to become like him. I want to be the word in the flesh. That's the desire God is planting with this. 
I want to be the word, not Jesus. I want to point at Jesus. I want to be the word in the flesh. That's what God is calling us to. He's calling the body to become the word in the flesh. That's what God is calling us to. It can no longer be just scriptures. It can no longer be pointed. You know when people think about being a believer, they point at church. They point at Sunday. We did say that they can no longer anymore point at Sunday. They need to point at your life. That's the movement. They need to point at my life, not at a Sunday morning experience. That's a big shift. That's a huge shift. And I'm talking about not just believers. I'm talking about even people who are not believers. Because people who are not believers associate Jesus with Sunday. We need to kind of change that association. They need to associate Jesus with my life, my family, my husbandry, my wifehood, my womanhood, my manhood, my children. They say, we know this. We know Jesus. He lives by our house. We know what Christ looks like. And unbelievers are very good, you know. When someone that is fake shows up, I say, no, no, no. I know Nkosi. You are not a believer. Nkosi, I know him. I know a believer behaves. You are not. It needs to get to that point. We need to strip away these external false stuff that has been associated with what Christ is. Christ is, wor is the word in the flesh. So if we are becoming Christ-like, we are becoming the word in the flesh, in our daily reality, in our humanity. And this is what is actually coming onto the church. God is actually releasing an anointing. I, was, I got saved around the time where I think the healing movement was at its high. It was at its highest point. If you were saved and you could not lay hands, someone gets healed, there was something wrong with you. Serious, you felt bad. Because <laughs> essentially, getting healed was the reality of like the highest point that was, that was everywhere. Amen. We need to get to a point where the anointing of becoming like Christ gets to that point. Where if you are not like Jesus, there's something wrong with you. Where the nature of Christ is not coming out of your life, there's something wrong with you. And to appreciate that there is this reality where there is Christ revealing the image of God to us, but also Christ revealing who a human should be in God. So Christ reveals these two things, who God is and who you should be in God. So let's repeat those things. So these things, we need to actually just think on them. They are in the book, by the way. So, again, we have to repeat a few things that are actually are part of the mission. So, we're activating the kingdom humanity mission. We're activating that. So, there's this, I think this is a very big thing in terms of us learning to share our life now. This is big. Remember, Jesus has always been looked through the filter of Sunday morning. Remember, that's why I said those things I said at the beginning. Whenever you say you are a believer, what is the next thing that people think? Church. Sunday. <laughs> so this thing is big. When we are beginning to say, no, 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 no. Life of Christ through the order of creation. You need to look at the life of God, life of Christ, being a believer through the original order of creation. We need to say those things and tell people, no, no, no. That a person goes to church doesn't mean they're a believer. 
Say those things with confidence now. And say, I tell you, that he goes to church doesn't mean he knows Jesus. Amen. Because we are beginning to actually look at the life of Christ through the order of creation. When we are saying a person is spirit, there is a spiritual life, there is a relationship with God that must be cultivated by a person. If they are not doing that, there's something wrong with them. Amen. And the person is a body and soul. There is a life of Christ that comes for the way you administer your humanity. Amen. And there is the idea of, and this is a big one, which believers, I mean, we still don't care. You actually exist in a space. You don't sleep there. You live there. God placed you there. There is your neighbor. You know? You don't know. Maybe next time I talk to you guys, my other neighbor will not be smoking dacha. You'll never know. Eh? <laughs> Jesus is moving. Amen. Amen. Because we, 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 we have neighbors. We have people around us. And we, almost, the, the, the idea is that we, we need to come alive to the fact that I have a garden. I have a space. And generally, we, we have a selfish orientation when it comes to our spaces. It's all about what you want from it. And we need to confess that, that no, my space is all about me. If it doesn't serve me, I'm moving to Mshanga. You know? Or I'm moving to Toti. I remember when we got to Mlas, there were guns, like every night. You know, you could think, you know, we need to probably move. But I'm just saying, this is a big thing to think about when you think about, now I need to know Christ in this order. If I don't know Christ in this order, something is missing. I think the phrase that Robert used was that if this space in your life is not under the authority of Christ, demons are in charge. And you, usually we see them. Eh? <laughs> we see demons producing things in our space. We see people with bad attitudes being in charge and determining what will happen in a space. Amen. We see these things. That's why I made an example of of, of what I did at the beginning. We actually see in spaces people or humans doing crazy things. And we as believers are like, we'll pray about it. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray, but that's not what Adam was doing. Adam was in charge. He was naming things. He was dealing with daily realities of life. So we need to, again, get used to these scriptures and the idea of how, what is the structure of life according to the order of creation, not according to our religious mind. So we need to be proficient in talking about the life of God in all these three spaces. Again, I did say, these are my graphics, they're not Robert's graphics. These are mine. You better now say they are yours. You can't be telling someone, my pastor, my pastor did this graphic. Do not do, do. Do not do it. Do not do it. They will say, what about your graphic? So this is my graphic, guys. <laughs> Maybe I'll make mine squares just to make sure that. <laughs> but you need to own the revelation. It must be yours. It cannot always be someone else's. It needs to be yours. So this is another thing. That it, it, this is activating our pursuit. I'm a priest. I don't know how many times. I think I was looking at old notes. I was roaming around. LSA's resource. We have so much resource. We have, we have a website, by the way. Those who don't know, has a lot of resources. I don't know, from 2008? You can find as an old 
writing from, no, even before then. There's so much resource that is available there. So I'm a priest. You need to get used to these ideas. You know, I'm a priest. You don't need to be ordained. When you got saved, you're ordained as a priest. You're a priest ordained by God. You're a priest. You know, I hang around Lutheran priests, so I kind of know that if you are not ordained, you are not a priest. I have never picked a fight. I do not contest. I just know in my heart I'm a priest. I know in my heart I'm a priest. I'm full of devotion. I worship God. I carry believers in my heart. You know, I testify about the Lord Jesus Christ. I have convictions. I'm a priest, fully fledged, you know. So I'm a priest. I'm just giving you, you guys don't have drama. I know you do. It's just that I'm telling about mine. I have a humanity. I have a, I'm a human being. You know? I'm a human. I'm not just spiritual. I'm a human. I have a Monday. <laughs> you know? I have a Monday. Monday that is full of other things, many things. You know? A deadline, whatever. You know? A human being. I need to practice the humanity of Christ in there. And also, I, I live where I live. I'm on earth. You know, I'm on earth. Remind yourself, I'm on earth. I'm here on earth. <laughs> I'm here I'm on earth. Uh, there used to be a phrase, you, you are so heavenly good, you are earthly useless. Well, let's get it. <laughs> no, that's when I, when, I, when I grew up. No. You know, only Jay is saying amen, you know. All of you are loving. Jay knows this. You are so heavenly good, you are earthly useless. It used to be a phrase. I don't know how we forget these things. But I live on earth. You know, I have an address. I have an address. I live there. There is a house. There is a door. I go in there. I live there. You know, I wake up in the morning. I go to work. I mean, I live on earth. I'm an inhabitant. This is very serious. I live on earth. You know, I, I, I get affected by the state of the nation address. I, I'm part of that whole thing. You know, I mean, the, the municipality is broke. I'm part of the broke municipality. I'm part of it. <laughs> you know, I'm, yes, I'm low shedding. I'm part of it. Don't pretend as if you're not part of it. So, so you're a citizen. You're an inhabitant. Don't, sometimes we, we believers don't think about these things. You know that. We don't even... We don't even talk about them seriously. <laughs> you know, we don't talk about them seriously. It's like, oh, oh no, it's the, you know, I didn't vote the first time I was supposed to vote. I was like a very shubilim zabra. And I was like, what is voting business? Full of Jesus. I'm, I'm getting people saved. Not voting. How God changed my life. Yo. I'm just saying you're living on earth. And the important thing is that your face structure and this is a beautiful thing that I love about this. Your faith in Christ must align to the order of creation. Adam was in the garden. There was a faith expression of living in the garden. Not of talking. I know we love he walked with God in the cool of the day. Everybody loves that. Cool of the day, Adam. Boom. Cool of the day, Adam. Cool of the day, Adam. He worships God. He's got less life, devote. You know, that's the cool of the day, Adam. We all love him, eh? He has these encounters. But there's Adam in the garden who's naming trees. We don't love that guy. So, so your faith, there's this faith that you have to actually have the presence of God in your life. Eh? 
it needs to be the same measure of faith for, for, for living in the garden. You know, you need to find scriptures for that now. <laughs> I know you have scriptures for, you know, when, when the praises go up, you know. You have all those scriptures, you know. Worship, you know. You know God makes my hands to war. I know you have those scriptures. They are powerful. We need scriptures now for living in Chaswet, you know, in that road that is next to the freeway with all those things that are going on in there. We need scriptures that talk about that faith, that expression. So our faith order needs to really, really come out. That means my salvation is not complete if I don't express that faith. And it has to, it has to move out of human goodness into the faith place. Because there are people who are nice, you know. And a son told me that he's in charge at his, uh, what is it, townhouse, right? You're in charge there. But we can't have Solon in charge in that townhouse in his own human goodness. We need a different expression of being in charge of a place where other people are. And you need to actually begin to bring that before God. And Christ needs to rule there. And I'm not saying take scriptures to the body corporate meeting, Solon, please. That's not what I'm saying. Again, let's not, miss, let's not say what I said. I didn't say take scriptures to the body corporate meeting. I said the, the, your expression in there needs to be submitted to God. Amen. Amen. Your expression in that space that you occupy needs to be submitted to God. So it's part of your salvation package. Like you were saying, I'm saved, I'm delivered from sin. You know, you know the phrases you used to say? Come on guys, you're excited. I'm saved, I'm washed by the blood. You gotta say now. I'm saved and I've been given authority in the spaces I live in. And say that with excitement. Like you were saying when you were saying I'm covered by the blood. Amen. Important stuff. And again, the, the reality is that this is the nature of Christ. It's not something foreign. It's the nature of Christ. We need to be discipled. I need to be schooled in how to steward my space. My discipleship cannot be around prayer, salvation, my marriage and all. It needs to be a discipleship around stewarding my environment. You know, there's a big talk in the world right now about uh, greening because of the, what is that thing? Global warming. There are people who are writing books about that thing. We are quiet about it. They are, they are thinking about stewarding the earth for the future. We believers are like, oh Jesus, come back tomorrow, please. So we need to begin to express our faith in these spaces because it is part of the package that Christ is giving us. These are beautiful places and we've done somewhat well. We need to grow in them, but we need to actually really, really say, Jesus governs the space and through me. I'm the governor. I'm the ruler here. These are very important things to think about. Just to think about it. Part of my salvation that I must govern, I must rule. That's part of my salvation, I must govern, I must rule. If I don't, I'm not, if I, I'm not capable of doing that, if I even ask for grace for that, my salvation is not complete. I haven't allowed the restoration of everything that God has come to restore in my life. So, so I, I would like you also to run through these graphics and think about them. Let them stir your imagination, amen? Again, Robert did well to give us scriptures where these things hang on. That is not just, it's, it's scripture. 
It's the word of God. Amen? It's the word of God. It's what God is actually saying to us. So it's important to look at these things. You can actually print them, cut them, put them somewhere, and actually think about this. I'm a citizen. That's what I want to talk about today. So, so are, we, are we good? I've just did a repeat. You can do your own repeat and talk through those things and, and think of example of what that thing means. Yeah. And not just read it. Like You know, sometimes when we read scripture and not even think what it means, just read it. I read my Bible today. I was reading the book of Hosea. Some of the stuff I didn't understand. I was just reading it. I just didn't get it. You know. I need to probably pause and think and think and think. Maybe it will come to me. And God will promise. If you think on these things, God will give you insight. So we need to do that. So let's get to what I want to actually go through today. Again, this is in the book. It's not, it's not, it's in the book. It's in that book. My book. That book that you have. Citizenship means you are an inhabitant. We are inhabitants of spaces of life. Remember, I said the faith is shifting, right? From church-centric to circle or spaces of life oriented. You know? So you need to start imagining what is the space of your life. You can even write, you know that thing, that thing where you write me in the middle or a problem. You know those problem mapping? Yes. You, you put yourself and say, what is my space of life? Okay, there is work, there's wife, there's children, there's family, there's neighbors, irritating neighbors. You just, it's, your, it's your graphic, it's not mine. But can you map out your space of life? Map it out. I have community that I fellowship with. I have people I do business with. I have friends that I go to gym with. Can you map the space of life that you have? So, when you say we are inhabitants, that have a space of life is that. I'm a citizen, a resident. Like that's what I was saying. I live somewhere. I live there. I'm a resident. You know, if you go and say, 37, that's where I live. I live there. I'm an inhabitant. I'm a resident. And remember, it's very easy as a believer to have a life that is disconnected from your neighbor. Oh, it's easy. I go visit Lifa and Tlanganani. On weekends, I'm never there. I go fellowship with my people. I come back, I'm full of God at 11 o'clock, I sleep. I wake up in the morning to work. That's what we do sometimes. Eh? You don't even know the neighbor's na- say name. Is it Mr. Farniker? I don't know. I don't know your neighbor. You know your neighbor. So I'm a resident. Can we be residents? Can we be visible? That's what I'm talking about. Kingdom citizenship has to do with presence. Being present. Being on earth. You know? Being on earth. I'm an inhabitant. I inhabit spaces of life, like I said. Can you map? So the next idea about, can you map your spaces of life? Map them out. You know, Blondie has a Rwanda now in her mapping. The friends she'll meet in Rwanda. A Rwanda experience in her mapping. What is your experience? Kiara is partly here. And I'm sure there are other characters in your guy as well. So map your world. Because you have spaces of life. And the interesting thing about space, if you read the book of Acts, it says God determined the boundaries of that space of life. 
It's not like God is not the one determining at some point, Kiara will meet Sparta. God is determining those things. God is deeply involved in determining your interaction with your space. He places people in your space. So, the, your faith should say, the people in my space are placed by God. I know it's an irritating neighbor, I get it. But that neighbor is placed by God. Your faith needs to say that. I thank you, Lord, for my neighbors that you've placed in my life. You'll have more thanksgiving, I assure you. If you just put your map and say, I want to thank God. Thank you, Lord, for the guys at work. Thank you, Lord. It's the space that you've created for me. Your faith needs to begin to say that. If your faith doesn't say that, it means you don't want to touch those spaces with your humanity in Christ. You want to touch them with yourself, the old self. And the old self, I don't know what they say in, in English, but in Zulu, the old self, don't mess around with the old self. You know, there are guys, you, believers, you don't mess with that work. They will sort you out in that sphere of life where God gave them that sphere. You can't mess with them. So, so map your, so the, the, the task of this, the homework here is, the other homework was memorized, right? This homework is, can you have an octopus picture? What do you, what do you call it? A spidergram, but people know it. A spidergram or an octopus that says, who is in your life? <laughs> Remember, you want to give thanks to God. It's a world, you are doing Acts chapter 17. It is God who's placed me and God who determined the boundaries. So you are beginning to be serious about practicing your citizenship. You are beginning to say who I should be present to. Amen. And then my occupancy or my residency is not from earth. I'm commissioned from heaven. I've been sent. My citizenship is sent from heaven. You know, when I was thinking of this, I was thinking about how it's a big deal to have American citizenship, you know. You know what they do when you're a citizen in America? They teach you their constitution. Before they actually give you citizenship, they teach you their constitution. They teach you everything. They even make you sing the national anthem. That's how serious they are about this. Because they are making you what? A citizen. So this is serious business. Our citizenship, how is it constituted? How, what constitutes your presence where you are? And the Bible tells us our presence is constituted in heaven. That's our constitution. It's coming from there. Like the scripture said, I saw the city coming down from heaven. Adorned. So you need to say, well, my presence in a space is determined from above. I hope we're really beginning to imagine these things. And not, and not, and not just have them as just words. My presence in my neighborhood, my presence in my, in my family is from above. My presence in my friendships is from above. That means I have to begin to think about my presence in my friendships. How do I constitute myself when I meet a friend? How have I thought about the friendship? What does it mean to actually be in? Remember, the faith says, 
This person is in place by God in your sphere. That's what the faith says, right? Our faith position is God has created my world. He has actually placed me and people around me. So this person somehow has found a way to be proximate to me. I have to have a faith position about that. Jesus had one. He says, no one comes to me unless the Father has enabled him to come. He had a position about proximity. So, even Judas was brought by the Father. I know sometimes we think irritating, crazy people are not brought by God, you know. Jesus' position. No one comes to me unless the Father enables him. So, are we clear about the irritating neighbors? Judas. So, if you ever are thinking about something like, no, this person doesn't come from God. Somehow, they've been allowed to be proximate. They are touching your life in some way. They are your friend. So, so I need to find out how do I constitute myself to actually express my presence in this friendship? How do I begin to become intentional about this is not just my space, it's God's space that he constituted for me. And I need to actually determine how do I exist here. And again, I'm not saying you write a bunch of scriptures to your friend and send them scriptures on the WhatsApp. I assure you, they will block you. I'm just giving you the truth. They will block you or they will never read your messages. There is a group I have that I have to be in. I don't read messages in that group. The girl goes there. They pro- on Sunday today, I show, I'm sure like I have like 15 or whatever. I don't know if someone is part of the group. It's a crash group. The girl goes there. They post those scriptures, man. They don't play. It's a crash group. I'm just telling you the reality. This is life. So, constitute your presence. So, if you think of citizenship, think presence. Think presence. What is my presence in various spheres of life? What has constituted it? What is my sound? What is my personality? How do I, how do I even engage with those things? Because it's easy to take people for granted and take presence for granted. Amen. So, so when we think of Kiran citizenship, we have to have our octopus, our mind map. Yeah, it's called a mind map. A mind map. And we have to think about how am I engaging that mind map. Remember, we're in mission. The mission has to do with the fact that you're engaging the mind map. Amen. So these are thoughts I want to leave with you. So the flow of human life is determined in the spaces of life. Even the future. Today you speak English. You didn't choose that. I usually tell people, don't tell me the environment is not determining. You speaking Zulu. Your space determined that, not you. Don't underestimate space. Space can tell you how far you can go. Don't underestimate space. Space can give you identity, can even determine what dreams you have. So when I say the flow of human life is determined by spaces of life, it means as believers, we can expand people's imagination by just impacting their space. We change their space. We begin to make them a different people. So there is a dimension of Christ or a dimension of life that oozes out of a transformation of a space. You must know this. We, we have this science in community development. Criminals don't like clean spaces. They just don't. 
Once the place is clean, crime decreases. Somehow, it just does. It just does. I mean, I don't know. Probably, I don't know. Just clean the space, cut the trees, make it clean. Criminal. It, whatever marking was happening there will not happen. We have this as a theory of change. As a scientific proven, there are stats saying crime was 90. Clean space, crime dropped to dead. So when I say spaces of life, they determine, <laughs> they determine things. So don't underestimate space. People who go to gardens and walk, they know this. Walk in a nice garden, you feel like, wow, I'm getting a massage or something. I can breathe better. So let's not underestimate spaces of life. They determine things. Life, even the future, is shaped in the spaces of life. Universities. Go to a country where there are no schools, no universities. You will see. Do, do, do we get this, guys? So, so when God is saying kingdom citizenship, he's saying, can you determine people's flow of life? And church has done this in history very well. In history, church built universities, distributed knowledge. I, and then something happened. Something hijacked us or something, I don't know. So spaces of life. So it's like, if I, like I adopted that team or part of that team of rangers, I know that if I do the right thing in that space, there's a possibility of getting saved, guys going to school, all kinds of things, just because I'm controlling a space of a team. So this changes your version of evangelism, I think. Amen. I know you want an open air. I don't deny it, and we can do an open air. It's powerful. It kept it a space. We can try. You know. But you, you could you could probably start a school for the kids where you live. You know. You will evangelize the kids and the parents. You have like two X, and you will see them probably every week. That's like super effective. <laughs> So can we change our version of evangelism? Outreach is about space. This is tough stuff. This is like, this is God saying you've been not evangelizing because you haven't occupied your space. It changes even many things about, about, about who you are. Space of, life, of human life is highly, it's a, high, a highly contested terrain in human life. If you want war, clean a street. You'll see war. You'll start hearing drunkards who've never spoken to you. Who, who's starting this thing? You know, who's this? Who's this person doing this thing? You know? You start being, is there, I'm going to wear a ring. I have green t-shirts I give to people. I said, let's not say who. Maybe they'll think it's, it's action SA cleaning the streets. I was just being naughty. <laughs> I was just being naughty. There was this ANC guy. I was like, let's, let's, let's don't say anything. Maybe you'll think we're actually next day cleaning the streets. But I'm saying this is highly contested terrain. Once you enter this terrain, war ensues. So whenever you begin to think of governing is war. You can even think about historical wars. You'll know this. You know, space of life. 
So when we begin to think of outreach and evangelism, understand this. We are contesting space. We are contesting ideas. We are contesting things that determine people's direction in life. Think about beginning to contest the space of sexuality. The amount of war you're going to have. Just by saying God created male and female, whoosh, a war comes up. Just by saying that, going just, just on your TikTok and say, God created just two genders, male and female. The rest is nonsense. And leave it there. Look at your, you will see. Just by declaring Genesis, just by reading, just by saying, Genesis chapter 1 says, God created them as male and female. So do we get this? So don't think evangelism is nice stuff. You're going to get pushed back. You're going to get, because it's a contested terrain. So when we begin to change spaces of life, we must know that we're going to war. You kind of need a lot of prayer. You need a lot of friends around you are praying with you around these things. So don't think we're doing good works. We are not, I nearly said Mother Teresa, we are not philanthropists. We're not trying to, you know, feel better about our millions and do a few things. That's not what we're trying to do. Have you noticed that billionaires are philanthropists? So you don't want to be part of that group, guys. You don't. You don't want to do good works just. You want to govern. You want to govern. So your attitude is by faith. So this space is highly considered. We must, this is a quote from, from the book. We must bring the administration of God to the spaces of life in which God has given us influence. So we must go to war. We must go to war and we must equip ourselves, meaning we must be equipped for this thing. We must be equipped for war. We must be equipped for war. I want to be equipped for dealing with those gender activists. Yeah. Whenever you step into the gender-based violence space, the gender activist shows up. You're like, shucks. I thought we were just here to talk about victims. Now there's this gender activist. The thing is 10 from just victims to how many genders exist in real life. How, how did we get there? But we are there. And you must be equipped to engage the space. To be, you must actually be able to answer people about your faith. We must be able to answer. Because we are fully aware that I'm contesting space. I'm contending here. And I want to contend for the space, for the faith in the spaces of human life. Amen. So this is, a, the, the commission that God is commissioning us to is very aggressive. I know maybe you are thinking, it's a nice book. I assure you, you say one phrase in that book somewhere, you will get some serious interesting people saying, what, what are you saying? And you must be able to say what I'm saying. There's male and female. The other stuff is nonsense. You know, you can coach me. You know, say whatever. You know, you know your space. You know how, what gets your space going. So we must actually think of these things. I'm just thinking, these are, these are thoughts I have in my mind about what we're dealing with. That the flow of life is determined here. Even the future is determined there. Shaped there. So we must contest for these spaces. You know, I always, I always applaud this group of believers. They are, how many people know seven Adventists? 
Do you know how many schools they have? They just made sure that their kids are going to their schools. That's what they did. It may be a good or a bad thing, but they just said, well, and there are people who are beginning to go to their schools for some reason, because they have bullying and whatever is happening in the public schools. They're saying, well, maybe kids could go to their school. And I'm just giving an example, good or bad, but it's just one of those things they do. Okay, my last thought, the two thoughts I have. So, let's look at presents quickly. Jeremiah 29, verse 4 to 7. Now, this is God speaking. It's not a recommendation. It's God telling a prophet what should happen. And just a note, they were living in exile, meaning it was hostile. Almost like apartheid. They were living in apartheid. I'm sure your brain will come there quickly. So they were in a hostile environment. Let's see God's attitude. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all I've carried to exile. All those I've allowed to live under apartheid. From Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and circle down. Don't just sleep there. Circle down. Plant garden and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and... I always find the scripture interesting. <laughs> Young people. Have you ever seen the scripture? It's telling your father... I always find it, whenever people say, I don't believe in arranged marriage, I'm like, I'm going to show you in the scripture. It says, find wives for yourself. <laughs> I'm just being, I'm just saying. I was reading the scripture, I realized, shucks, there's something called arranging marriages in the Bible. <laughs> I'm just saying, find, find wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in the number, Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it, it prospers, you too will prosper. It's amazing. Space, eh? <laughs> Space. God is not going to say, I'm just going to make you rich and everybody poor. That's not how God works. <laughs> okay, let's just look at a few thoughts. One, be a citizen. So be, be there, circle. Be a citizen. Build a house and live in it, meaning have a life in there. Plant garden and eat what they produce. Be productive and be sustained. Meaning part of being productive, you know, we grew up in a job world. I understand South Africans. We grew up in a job world. We want jobs. Well, God is not saying, well, whatever productive is for you. But be productive and be sustained. Whatever that means for you. Be productive and be sustained. Right? So it means be productive and be sustained. Right? The, the marriage thing. Build families and show that successful generations do the same. This is commissioning from God. This is God giving these guys instruction. Build families. Or you could use another phrase. Occupy. You know if you want to occupy a place, you must do what the Muslims are doing in Europe. Just have many children and live there. One day Europe is going to be more Muslims than English people, I assure you. That's just reality. It's, not a, it's just reality. If they have more babies than what the 
Anglo-Saxons are having, there'll be more Muslims. Already the mayor is Indian, and the premier, uh, the prime minister, in, uh, what, what is their president? The prime minister is Indian already. The mayor in London is Indian. The prime minister is Indian. Think about the future of Europe. They don't want to have babies. Eh? They're like, we're busy with our professions. You know, we, we don't have time for kids. Kids are just too much. But God's command is occupy. And this is God's command. It's not like, so family space. God is commanding, build a family space. Build a production space. Build a business space. Build those things. Now, work to ensure that the city is prosperous and sustained. I'm not just talking about your business here. You talked about your business earlier, right? You said work and be productive, right? This is a different thing. He's saying now, labor, there must be your effort inside the city being sustainable. Meaning our issues with our cities or where we live are the agenda of God for us. God has commanded this. It's a command from God. It's not something. It's a command from God. Amen. So, four things. Be a citizen. Be productive and sustained. Start a business. Go to school. Be a lawyer. Whatever. Whatever that production means for you. Have children. Have families. And make sure that your children build families. So, I kind of know the agenda of raising a child, eh? I want you to be married one day. That's all part of my agenda is. I need to frame your thinking around appreciating the structure of family that you may build a family as well in future. I don't know what this means for you. For me, it means cleaning that street with those kids. I want to gate my community. I tell you one day, when I've gated, I'll take a photo and show you we've gated the community. Because we want this. And gating it makes it safe. So if my space prospers, I will prosper too. If my space is safe, I'm safe too. I can come back from fellowship too, know that I'm, I'm good. I'm good. One last thought, Isaiah 54. This is in my heart right now. It's an energy I feel so strongly. I was going to share it. If you read it, there are certain phrases that will jump at you. They're jumping at me about where we are in the mission, about what God is doing. One, there is a sound of joy and victory. You can't go into a mission without that, that sense of victory and joy. Have you ever seen army going to war, the noise they make? They, they beat their plowshare. It's like it's crazy. There is like this energy that they want to have. Joy, the assurance that we are able to become victorious. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch yourself. You know that, that mind map? There's a place that you're not touching there. Stretch yourself. Make room for things. Make room for other people. Let the space of your life be enlarged. Find a new friend. There are people saying, no, I'm shy. We told you this about this business of introvert people. We said, this, this introvert, there's no introvert here. Enlarging tent, enlarging the place of your tent. And again, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
I don't know what it means for you to enlarge. It may mean being part of a, a new thing in your world. And God is saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. We can't have any fear. That's why there's that issue of joy and victory. Of sing, O barren woman. I mean, the Lord tells her, more are the children that you have than the one who has more ch has children. There is more opportunity, possibility, and capacity that you will bring in the space than anyone has brought. Why? Because your maker is your husband. Not your capacity, not your... The maker is the issue here. That's the differentiator. Your maker is your husband. This scripture fills me with courage. I feel like I could take on anything. I could be in any place. You know? Can go to parliament and say stuff. Upset some people. Be okay. Not, not be funny. No, not be like, I regret. No. Say the thing that God wants us to say and be good. I don't know what space you possess, but it's time to really, really begin to enlarge. Enlarge. Don't be afraid. This is your worship. This is your praise. This is your spirituality. This is your faith in God. It sits here. It sits in that place of sound of joy and victory. Amen. Because we're on a mission. I won't go through this. Because we're on a mission. Just to remind of the things that we have to do. I'm sure our teaching today gave you an imagination of how to process this. Amen. The other part is this. There's no way of going to mission without committing resource. No army goes to war without really, really, really reinforcing. It will mean sacrifice. Mission will mean, for me, it means having prize that I don't really sometimes have budget for. Next week, I have, I'm supposed to have the prize next week. Allocating resource to mission, to sacrifice. Because we're enlarging our tent. Amen. Amen. It must be real, it must be practical. Because we are doing this. Amen. We are doing this, and we have to do it. There's no other way. There is no other way. I hope, I hope in my heart you have stirred up your heart. I hope you can, your imagination is beginning to really, really fly. As we're worshiping today, I thought of Psalms 2. I thought of Psalms 2 in my heart. I felt like, God, give me the nations. Give me. Give me the nations. They are my possession. They are mine. Give me my neighborhood. It is mine. Give me my workspace. It is mine. I don't mean being crazy. I mean give me in terms of ruling it. Governing it. This is mission. Mission means I'm really beginning to express things that are coming from God. I'm not trying to achieve some good intention. Let's be very careful of that. I'm not trying to achieve good intention. I'm achieving the mission of God in that space. Meaning I must go beyond good intention. Amen. I must go beyond good intention. Good intentions don't last. They don't last. I mean, our, our political party that leads us today had good intentions, eh? 
I'm just reminding you so you can see the practicality of it. Good intentions. You read their document. The intention is there. It's good. So good intentions don't have capacity to produce transformation. So go beyond good intentions to a place of mission in God. Amen. Can you stand? To a place of mission in God.